Welcome to the Career Rockstars podcast. I'm Dr. Alicia Ali, Europe's premier career coach and mentor, and my mission is to support you in taking back control of your career. My guest and I will share strategies, systems, and stories inspiring you to dream big, conquer career challenges, and achieve your career goals. We'll enable you to be more, lead more, and to live more, to become a career rock star. Hello, listeners. I am your host, Dr. Alicia Ali. Welcome to this episode of the Career Rockstars podcast. My guest today is Rhonda Osha, currently Director Customer Delivery for MasterCard Europe. Rhonda is a leader in all sense of the word. So stay tuned in to discover her three decades of business experience with leading global companies, including 20 years at MasterCard Europe. In my eyes, Rhonda is a career rock star, not only in terms of her own career, but also how she supports other leaders. Join me in welcoming Rhonda A. Osha to the Career Rockstars podcast. Welcome, Rhonda. Thank you so much, Alicia, and so honored to be part of this podcast. Super. We're going to have fun today. <laughs> As I said, I'm absolutely impressed by all your accomplishments and, you know, diversity in several management roles, role, sorry, ranging from business development, key account sales, both in the US and Europe, dealing with several industries. So there's so much we can learn from you. Um, but what if we begin by you telling us a bit about your current position uh, in terms of a corporate career uh, type of thing? Okay. Well, currently, uh, as you've mentioned, I've been at MasterCard uh, for uh, over 24 years. And right now I'm in an area called customer delivery. And in customer delivery, it's where we actually implement and put into service our different products and services. So it is both a business relationship and technical role, including project management. And that's, and there's always something new to learn. And that is what I really, really love about, well, about MasterCard and also mm -hmm. about the role that I'm in now. I, I enjoy learning about, well, we're doing lots of digital projects, um, all of the different types of digital payment, uh, watches and even um, on your phone, of course. And then we're also doing lots of things with um, artificial intelligence and mm -hmm. with um, uh, also a lot of things with, of course, fraud prevention. So, and um, I think that's really what makes my job so interesting and why I've stayed so long. I've worked in different roles and I think uh, being open to learning and open to change is extremely mm -hmm. important. Yeah, sounds really exciting. Um, so you're driven, from what I'm hearing, you're really driven by the advancements in the technologies, but also uh, something there about you are able to keep up with the pace. How does 
<laughs> one person in charge of customer delivery for such a big organization, Fortune 500, keep up with the pace uh, of the technical digital revolution, shall we say? Well, I think that um, in my patch, if you will, I work primarily with the Nordics and Baltics. And I've been working in that region uh, with customer delivery for 10 years. Um, and it's just like anything, um, it's really based about, it's really based on trust, um, uh, your customer trusting you and being curious. I'm a curious person. I, I like to learn new things. So mm -hmm. it's really not um, a question of keeping up. It's more of a question of curiosity driving me and, and making, giving me that energy um, to want to learn uh, new things and, and to, you know, uh, let's say, share that with my customers. Mm -hmm. And um, but in dealing with um, some of the largest banks in the Nordics and Baltics, um, it, it, is, it is a challenge. I, I'm not going to say that it isn't. Um, it definitely is a challenge because there's, um, let's say, the way that things have always been done. And then the world is changing as we have all seen at a mm -hmm. faster and faster pace. Um, and of course that includes payment technology. Uh, so I really just enjoy um, learning and I enjoy working with customers. I really enjoy establishing and getting deeper in that customer relationship. And like I said, it's based on trust. It's based on caring, it's based on empathy, and having emotional intelligence of knowing um, when you need to help your customer and when they can do things on their own. And I think those are some of the, the values that really MasterCard has as well of respect and, mm -hmm. and, and trust and um, just being open to um, a, a very diverse type of client and diverse type of business, really. Mm -hmm. Sounds really interesting. I would love to know more about the operations behind that. But of course, today is about you and your career evolution and how we can support others in their growth and their evolution. So I noticed that you started, um, let's go back a bit to university where you actually did your BA in French language and remind literature. me, literature. Yes. So coming from there, tell us a bit about, you know, it's not only the evolution, but also some of the high points and some of the low points and how you might have been able to face those challenges and move on. Well, when I uh, first went to university, I thought I wanted to be an engineer. And I've always liked math and science and uh, all types of chemistry, physics. Um, really, really, I still read a lot of scientific um, magazines and journals and articles because it's just interesting. But the math was a bit of a barrier. And so let's say, call it a low point, I realized after two years, I needed to change. And I went to my career counselor um, about, you know, I wanted to be able to actually be able to do something and apply it mm -hmm. after I got my degree. 
And he suggested, he kind of talked me out of engineering and he said, well, what do you really like? And I said, well, I really enjoy French language and I've, I see you've always taken that. And I said, yes, because I just enjoy it. He said, well, I would suggest that you delve a little deeper into that, pick up another language. Um, and what else do you like to do? I said, well, I love to travel and meet new people and see new places. He goes, well, what about the airline industry? And that's how I completely changed my thinking in the second year of university. I majored in French, took Spanish as a secondary language, mm -hmm. came out of university. Actually, my third year, I began applying to airlines. Um, it was not to be um, airline, um, uh, let's say, uh, at the time they called them hostesses. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. But it was to actually work on the ground. And so I found a job in reservations with, a, with an airline, uh, with a startup airline that was converting from charter into passenger. And that was really interesting. And you know why? Because they were at the forefront of computer technology. Because in order to do reservations, they were putting, they had their own programs and many airlines had their own. They were using very simplified, let's say coding to put in the passenger name record. And so I got introduced quite early into let's say the IT world and I really enjoyed it. And I you know, became um, actually the reservations yeah. manager. Um, after a very short time, I was promoted into management. Yeah, it's amazing how, you know, we, we paused there for a bit. It's amazing how we, we sometimes, still today, a lot of people, when they start their degrees, they believe that they have to stay on that path uh, forever. But you see how quickly you can change. Uh, it really has to do a lot about your profile, your personality, your values, and really what you enjoy doing. And I think it's something that a lot of um, younger people, due to awareness or whatever reason, they don't pay a lot of attention to. Um, I know it's very important to you. you. You've shared that with me, knowing yourself and personality profile. So how did that help you as you continued in your uh, career path? Well, I, I think that's a very, very important part of it is one to understand what you like to do. Are you a person that's introverted or extroverted? Do you like talking to people or would you rather maybe write rather than present? That's so important. But that other point of your values, my goodness, that, that to me is really the core and foundation of everything. Let me tell you a little story. When I came out of university, it was a very tough job market. And I was applying for positions all over the United States, anywhere that I wanted to live. And there were full page ads for tobacco companies that were hiring and paying good money. For personal reasons, I that did not align with my values, and I could not accept a job with a tobacco company. 
Um, it was known at that time that cigarette, although not proven in court, um, that mm -hmm. cigarettes were directly related to lung cancer. And I, that was so against my core values that I could not work for a tobacco company. And, mm -hmm. and that I think illustrates um, that if I'm working in something I enjoy, which was the airline industry, which was extremely exciting and, and let's say new and changing. And we had one of the first, um, we, you know, when you call into a reservation center and your call gets picked up uh, by the first available agent, there's software that does that, yeah. mm -hmm. that routes it. We were one of the first airlines that had that. There and, you go. <laughs> yeah, and, um, and I think that when you, when you have something that you enjoy and you're open to, like you said, to change, to learning, um, it's, it makes things a lot easier because those moments of change are going to come. Yeah. Sometimes they're under your control and sometimes <laughs> they're not. <laughs> we all know that. So that brings me to my next uh, question. So you were in the U.S. That's where you studied, uh, you know, BA and so on. And then there was a big change probably. I'm using, I'm classifying it as a big change when you moved to Europe. Um, tell us a bit about that. You can bring in personal elements if you like, but really, because today a lot of people are restricted by personal elements also. So how did you manage that transition mm -hmm. from the US into Europe and then picking up on your career uh, almost immediately, shall we say? Okay, well, um, I met my husband in the United States through a mutual friend. Um, we've been married 35 years and um, and, Congratulations. And, thank you. <laughs> and at the time, um, my, um, my dad actually uh, could not just pick up and move. He was in a nursing home because he had a disability. He had a stroke and he was paralyzed on one side. And I was his, I was the person who was responsible for him, let's say. So we got married and my husband actually moved to the US. And, um, and we had a plan, a five-year plan to move back to Europe uh, because I wanted to move to Europe and I spoke French fluently. So there that was go. not a problem. <laughs> but you talk about personal circumstances. Personally, I could not just pick up and go. And so we, as I said, had a plan. And the good thing is both of us were transferred. We had transferred our jobs in the same companies from the US into Belgium. We thought France and we both got offers in France, but the best, let's say overall for us, decision for us and choice was in Belgium. And that's where we've been living for the past 30 years. Like me. <laughs> there you go. Uh, so sometimes it's a bit of adaptation. Um, you may not be able to do exactly what you want, like a move when you would like to, but we, you know, we're working towards that. We told our employers that we were working towards that. If something opened up, we would be open to it, et cetera. And 
you know, they say that, you know, luck is, is really made. Um, <laughs> it doesn't just come along. And mm-hmm. I, I believe that. I think that sometimes you make your own luck because you've put out those messages and let's say that positive energy um, mm-hmm. that this is something I'd like to do. And, you know, it comes along sometimes um that's really interesting yeah in a curious way it's about intention and really having you know that strong desire to be able to achieve what you wanted to achieve Mm -hmm. um i'm thinking of as you speak you know we have so many expats um Mm -hmm. we have so many expats around and the men and women Mm -hmm. and they are struggling to get jobs or they're not sure what they want to do and I know you work for not work you you are part of the network the professional women's network in Belgium mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and you also spoken to me about the network the importance of network how can we support expats just using that as a good example Uh, to be able to really land jobs, not only in Belgium, anywhere in the world, when they move based on your experience and your experience now with the Professional Women's Network? Well, I know that using and connecting with your network is one of the most valuable assets that you really have with your professional career. But one thing that I really want to say is that you only, just like any relationship, you only get out what you put in. Um, So you can join a group, you can join an organization, but if you don't kind of get stuck in and get involved, um, you may not get the results that you would like. Um, There are lots of groups out there that are extremely um, useful for just learning and and development and expanding your career. But I think the relationships that you develop and friendships actually that come out of that are really where the value lies. And so Toastmasters, as you know, we have a connection. um, Yeah. A mutual (laughs) Toastmaster friend. Um, Toastmasters is, is one of those organizations where I've met wonderful people and became now really um, personal friends with. Um, Also, Professional Women's International Brussels is a city network, and there's Professional Women's um, Network, which is global. Again, if you just go to one event and kind of sit there and listen or don't really get stuck in, um, it, it doesn't give the same value. Also, what else I found works is tell everyone that you know that you're what you're looking for. You'd be surprised because they are eyes and ears and especially people that know you well, they can actually recommend you. Um, Mm -hmm. Something comes up, sometimes it will never appear in a a career search or even get with a headhunter. Um, Sometimes it's, it's just through a network that people say, oh, you know her or you know him. Indeed. Sure, send them in for an interview. Um, yeah, uh, and actually, I just did a connection like that. Someone was looking for um, 
an IT expert, they had a huge project that they were going to work on and they didn't really, they don't have that expertise within their company. And they mm -hmm. asked me and I found one, I found a person through my network and connected them and, and it worked out. So there you go. Yeah, so that's that's really great advice. We all know that networking, it's not an easy thing to do because also a lot of people, and I was one of those people, you know, you we all suffer from some level of fear of rejection or we are scared that people might think we are too pushy or we want just want to take. But as you say, it's uh, you need to give also. And what can you bring to the table? And you need to build the trust Mm -hmm. uh, with the people that you interact with. So, so that's, it's, it's not just about knowing people and, and mm -hmm. making the connections. And I think for the expat world, it's tough. I've been there. You've been there probably when you arrived in Belgium, even mm -hmm. if you speak the language. And mm -hmm. I encourage all through this podcast and other platforms, everyone to really uh, focus on building the genuine network the give and take and mm -hmm. the givers somehow they always come out on top <laughs> i think I, I read that in one of adam grant's uh, book about givers and takers uh good so so rhonda you've been sharing a lot of strategies with us in terms of um you know how you've managed um your career um are there any proactive steps you can uh, recommend to um, regardless of age group to people who might be facing some sort of career challenge whether they're looking for a job or whether they need a promotion but they can't go you can choose but something to help them to get to the next level mm -hmm. well you know it, like anything sometimes you do need help um, it, and you can't do it alone. Uh, mm -hmm. it is, it is sometimes, um, when I say it's, you're almost paralyzed sometimes when you're faced with, uh, let's say a situation where you need to change or you have to change or, uh, you want to change, but you, one does not know what to do. And so, those are the times that actually you need to reach out. And I, I call it my board of directors. <laughs> um, so my board of directors are people that know me very well. I trust and they trust me and I trust them. And when I want to, to check out an idea or brainstorm with them um, or get their advice or just listen to their opinion, whether I take everything they say or not, um, those are the people that I call on. Now, these are not people that are judgmental. These are not people that will, you know, they, they hold me in high esteem, let's say, <laughs> um, but they're honest with me. And they mm -hmm. said, well, you know, what, let, let's do, why do you want to do that? Um, and, and, you know, how would you do that? Those open-ended questions that maybe, can peel back the onion a bit more than I could do on my own. Mm -hmm. And um, I think mentoring is one way to do that. It's not the only way. Um, but if you really are thinking about having a major change, 
don't feel blocked in that you need to stay for example, I'm, I'm an engineer, so I need to stay in construction or I need to stay in the industry that I've been in for the last 20 years. I know lots of people that have jumped for, I'm a great example. I went from the airline industry to the courier industry to um, the IT industry and now to the payment technology industry. And, and that's never, I've never seen a barrier and remember, the barriers a lot of times are in your mind. Um, and, and if we all, I've had so many really, let's say, inspirational people, Richard Branson, for example, and they've said, if I had stopped because of all the critics when I first started my business, I would never be where I am now. And I think it's the same with each one of us. If we listen to our critics, and we don't you know, look at our opportunities and our possibilities of, well, I can see myself doing that role or mm -hmm. I can see that it's something I would like to do. And from everything that we try, we learn. And, and I think you know, failure is not failure. It's <laughs> actually learning how to get to the next step. And yeah you know, reorganizations happen, people get fired, um, companies close down, pandemics ensue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the main thing there is really, um, a lot of people take that, you know, as a big hit to the ego, if they lose their job, or they're facing a big challenge. And um, that identity crisis, which is a whole nother, another topic altogether, um, has a big impact. I've been there. Um, and uh, as you said, you need to seek help. And usually that help, it doesn't have to be professional or paid help, um, but usually family and close friends, they are not the ones who would, you know, help you to get out of that as quickly as you would need to or would like to. Um, so indeed, seeking out mentors, and a lot of people do pro bono work. Uh, there are a lot of organizations, like you've mentioned, Mm -hmm. um, and so many other places where you can find support. So anyone out there um, listening to Rhonda, Osha, and myself, please, you know, reach out to me. And I, if you cannot pay for my services, I'll be more than happy to support you in finding other people who can support you um, to, to just have a chat maybe. So great, Rhonda, that's really beautiful uh, stories you're sharing with us and great tips um, for everyone. So I've captured so much. We've talked about core values. We've talked about, um, you know, what suits your profile. We've talked about the network. Um, we've also spoken about accepting change. That's a big part. And then I, I, something we spoke about Toastmasters, but you also brought in the need to communicate effectively. Mm -hmm. And I see resumes left and right and people say, oh, effective communication as a key skill. And then when I am running um, interview drills with them, mm -hmm. they freeze. So I'm like, mm -hmm. okay, effective communication on your CV, what is the person interviewing you going to think? Mm -hmm. So how does this, how, how would you 
frame, shall I say, effective communication in terms of career management or even in the everyday situation? Well, I think that is an absolutely key skill is being able to convey your ideas in a simple and effective way. Also being able to convey your value to the company or organization that you are applying to. Mm -hmm. If you cannot do that, then you need to practice doing it. You can practice with someone just like in, in let's say Toastmasters, which is uh, public speaking, you need to be able to think, anticipate questions. What, what are the most likely questions they're going to ask you? And being able to con convey your value. Why does that company need you? Remember, a company, it, it, it's in an exchange. You're giving value to them and they're paying you. And they're giving you some benefits uh, in exchange for that. So it's really important, and, and in those tra career transitions, it's important to be able to tell your future employer what you have uh, obtained in your experience and how that could be applied in their company. It's really, it's simple, but it needs to be thought out it needs to be, you need to do your research. I always, you know, I always, when I'm working with a new customer, the first thing I do is research who they mm -hmm. are. Um, you know, we work a lot with fintechs, with banks, things like that. So I look and say, you know, what are they doing? What have they done? You know, and, and get to know if the person's on LinkedIn, get to know a little bit about their profile. And then when I talk with them, it's not so foreign because I already feel like I, partially know them a little bit <laughs> exactly like the two of us today on this podcast exactly. <laughs> yeah and and again it comes out to comes back to um you know really making that connection with people even before you speak to them there's so many opportunities linkedin being one of the uh, most uh, well known so people we don't really have an excuse anymore not mm. to be able to reach out to people and to connect and to do the research, as you say. Mm -hmm. um, what, what else do you think you can, coming back to the purpose of this podcast, really helping people to proactively manage their careers? Anything else you want to add before we, we move on? Yeah, I think it's, it's, you know, when you are thinking about a change or, or if you've been forced to, you know, leave your job or your job has changed, it is a lot like the grief process, okay? Mm -hmm. It is um, shock and, and, and then anger and fear. And it, it, if you look that up on the internet, it, though, you, you have to kind of get through those stages mm -hmm. before mm -hmm. you go out to interview for another job. Um, and then when you are in that space of I'm, I'm ready and I feel ready and I'm open and I'm positive and I'm, I'm, I'm ready to make that change. Um, I think it's like throw off the shame of saying, I'm looking for a new opportunity. There's nothing wrong with that. That's a great thing because the more people you let know that I'm looking for a new opportunity to do 
you know, something, whatever, in the pharma industry, in, mm -hmm. you know, in, in the banking industry, um, in the payments industry. And though that's the way that it's casting a wide net. And that way opportunities will come. Some you may say, hmm, not for me. Um, oh, that's interesting. Let me go down that path and pursue it. Mm -hmm. So I think get rid of the, you know, there's no shame in saying I'm looking for a new opportunity and I'm ready for change. That's actually mm -hmm. a very positive thing. And when you can get to that headspace and to that place, you are ready for change. Yeah, yeah. And uh, there's a lot of denial in the grief curve, as you call it. Um, and it doesn't have to be a long process. You can accelerate through that by reaching out to the right people. So, but a lot of people do get stuck in there. Mm -hmm. um, and you're talking about casting the wide net. Uh, you told me something about having once uh, thrown out 500 plus applications. You want to share just a bit about that? <laughs> yeah. When um, so when I had decided that I would. Uh, change in university and I wanted to work for an airline. That was my decision. I wanted to work mm -hmm. in an airline. I wanted to work on the ground in, in some function. I didn't know what, um, to use my languages. So I had French and I had Spanish and I started in my junior year. So my third year, and I started sending out just to see if I could get interviews and I didn't get any. So I went to Europe and then I came back and I sent them all out again. I sent, and in those days they were actually printed. And I sent out at least 500, possibly more. I wow. had one interview and I got the job. And that was with the airline and I was accepted and I was working within two weeks. And it's, it's, I was sitting on a plane and I was talking to a young woman about that. And she goes, oh, you had 499 rejections. And I looked at her and I said, you know, I never really thought about it that way. I thought about, I had one yes and it was the right one. <laughs> It comes back to the optimist-pessimist <laughs> uh, viewpoint, right? Half full, half empty. Um, but that's interesting because I have clients who um, send out three applications is a lot for mm. them. And mm -hmm. uh, this is where the coaching process comes in because mm -hmm. that fear of rejection, that fear mm -hmm. of I would not, imposter syndrome comes in. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, I would never be able to do that job. And it has a lot to do with sometimes not being out of that grief curve mm -hmm. from the previous job and the identity crisis in between the transition. So that's powerful. I'm glad you shared that because it just gives an indicator of, and don't look at it as work, an indicator of um, probability. Uh, because if you send out three, especially in today's world, <laughs> even if you're the best of the best and you're not networking along with that, then your chances are really, really slim. So this is really powerful advice. Thanks for sharing that Rhonda too our listeners here today to give them some a little pep 
in that you're not just going to sit back and make it happen. You've got to do the work. And that is so important in today's world. And look, they don't have to type, right? <laughs> they can <laughs> copy and paste and, <laughs> so and make little tweaks yeah. along the way. <laughs> and especially oh, those cover letters that we spoke about also. <laughs> Um, great. So thank you. I think we have a lot of great things that we've shared today. Um, I just wanted to um, also in terms of resources, uh, you shared that, um, you know, about some books that you might recommend for, for people, especially with a tech career, um, that might be useful. Uh, not necessarily for women or men, but a lot of people want to get into tech. Mm -hmm. So what what can you what resources can you share with them if you have any? Well, I think that I, I, I really believe that there are and I know that there are lots of really great opportunities, professional opportunities um, and, and very good paying jobs uh, in the tech industry. And it's really very let's say it's still at its infancy, if you can believe that. Uh, it's really still at its infancy and um, all kinds of people are needed. So if you're not a technical person and you say, oh, but I, you know, I'm not a technical person, I'm not an engineer, I don't know, you know, I'm not good in math, that doesn't matter because it really doesn't because there's marketing people that are needed. There are, um, let's say, people that are in communication that can communicate ideas and can communicate the messages. And there's just, a, and there's an opportunity to learn right from the bottom level. So AI, for example, um, uh, artificial intelligence is just beginning really. And so mm -hmm. no one knows everything yet. And so I would really encourage if you are at all interested in curious um, to start going on some of those um, websites and, and just look in some of the companies that may be of interest to you and have a look at the types of jobs that are out there. One thing I wanna say about those job profiles is if you are looking at a job profile and you see that you are meeting 75% of the profile, my opinion is that you should be looking for the next level because you've already done Thank it. you. <laughs> thank you for sharing that. I, <laughs> I kind of thank you enough. Say it again. <laughs> if you are meeting up to 75% of that profile's requirements, look for the next level. You've already been there, done that. It's time to go move on, go to the next level, go to a higher level. Um, because it, 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 that's what holds people back is they say, oh, well, I only meet 50%. And, mm -hmm. and you have to just kind of push the envelope a little bit because remember, I've, I've, I've written some of those uh, job descriptions. Yeah. They're a wish list. If I had the perfect candidate walk through the door that could start tomorrow and could just start doing the job, that's what they would look like. 
we never get that person. <laughs> I'm laughing because I did the same. <laughs> and you put your laundry list of wishes and hoping for the candidate to show up. And sometimes they did, yeah. uh, but then they were overqualified for overqualified. the job. <laughs> because they knew everything already and then they have to go to the next level. Um, yeah, that's that's pretty interesting. Um, and then you also shared with me earlier the woman in tech. Um, mm -hmm. I think it's a website uh, .co.uk. So there are a lot of places mm -hmm. where people can, you know, really look into this. Um, so as we closed up, um, Rhonda, before I um, thank you and so on. Any anything that you wanted to add that you didn't get a chance to add? I would just say, stay curious, be open to change, uh, and just go for it, really. Uh, there's nothing really that's holding you back except yourself. And if you believe in yourself, then you can do it. I'm going to hold on to that advice for myself also because I'm also in a new career relatively new and I have a lot of big dreams and ambitions and those um those fears do come in we are all human mm -hmm. uh, but taking your sound advice also gives encouragement for all of us and our listeners to really um you know reflect a bit and to be able to believe in themselves and curiosity plays a big part in that. So thank you so much, uh, Rhonda, for sharing your strategies, your experience and stories on how you grew and managed your career. From a BA in French language and literature, I didn't know that you wanted to be an engineer before, <laughs> to lead in now customer delivery in a highly regulated and digitalized Fortune 500 company. What an achievement, congratulations. Um, it really shows us that, you know, we never know where our education and experience or the next step will take us. Mm -hmm. But one piece of advice is really that we must be aware of where we are and who we are and where we are heading to. Um, so I really have learned a lot for myself and I think all our listeners would be happy. But before we close, uh, we have the theme question, um, which the title of our podcast is Career Rockstar. So what makes you, Rhonda Osha, a career rockstar? Well, I never considered myself a career rockstar. <laughs> if I have to answer um, based, on, based on that category, I would say it's being bold enough to make the change. And changing careers, changing industries, changing countries, uh, those are the things that are, let's say not everyone does. And when you do them, you actually become more confident and you become stronger and you become uh, let's say a career rock star. Afraid <laughs> <laughs> of the next change. Um, we all have doubts. We all have, let's say, things that you know make us feel like we, you know, maybe we can't do it. But 
once you've done it once, twice, three, four, five times, you actually become stronger, just like a muscle. So the more change you go through, the stronger you become. I can't agree more. So uh, Grand Messi, uh, Rhonda Osha, thank you for sharing your career journey with us. Thank you. Remember, you're welcome. Remember, listeners, you are unique. Your career is unique and your lifestyle is unique. And that it's never too late or early to take control of your career to become your own career rock star. This is your host, Dr. Alicia Ali, Europe's premier career coach and mentor. And I thank you for listening and remember to subscribe. Join us next time on the Career Rockstars podcast. Bye for now. We'll enable you to be more, lead more, and to live more to become a career rockstar. star.